I ask that you would repeat after me. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Now may the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearers and the doers of his word. We may be seated. We are thankful again God has blessed all of us to, to be alive on this day, one that was not promised to any of us, but God has blessed all of us to be alive and well on today, and we are thankful to God for the many blessings that he has bestowed upon our lives, and God is better to us than we can be to our own selves. It's good to see those of you who are here on this morning. What acts that you'll be finding, Acts the 19th chapter, Acts the 19th chapter, and hold there around verse 11, Acts 19, hold verse number 11, Acts 19. Y'all doing all right this morning? Acts 19, Acts 19, and we want to begin the reading around verse right at verse 11. We are thankful to uh, those of you who was on in the class on Tuesday night. Last Tuesday night we have been invited to be facilitator of the marriage class uh, that is being done at the Parkview Drive Church in Monroe, Louisiana. We started the first class on last Tuesday and had a number of churches on the line there in that marriage class. So if you want to be part of that class, Brother Kemp, at the end of the service, we'll probably put it up. And if you need the information for that class every Tuesday night, 7 o'clock, and it's going to run all the way into December. And uh, so if you want to take advantage of that, you want a stronger, better, healthier, happy, heavenly marriage, you might want to be a part of that class every Tuesday night at 7 o'clock. Acts 19, verse number 11. If you're there, just say amen. And the Bible says, and God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul. So that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs and aprons, and the disease departed from them. And the evil spirits went out of them. Then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preached. And there were seven sons of one Sceva, a Jew and chief of the priests, which did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know, and Paul, I know, but who are you, are ye? And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them and overcame them 
and prevailed against them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. And this was known to all the Jews and the Greeks also dwelling at Ephesus. And fear fell on them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. Now, before we name the topic this morning, I want you to, to know that you can go more than one way with this particular passages of scripture. You can go in more than one direction. You can talk about were there ever uh, exorcists uh, performed. You can deal with how did demons interact with humans. I mean, there's a number of ways you can go on this morning with this particular lesson. Uh, but I want to deal with the response of the demon. And you know, it's a funny thing, you know, we call them demons, but they're actually fallen angels and that we call demons, right? And uh, those who were disobedient to God, those who uh, was kicked out of heaven, those who fell from heaven along with Satan, and the Bible says that there's one-third of the stars or one-third of the angelic beings that the Lord had to kick out of heaven. And um, here they're looked upon as being demons. And these beings had interactions in the case they would get inside of a person to dwell and to live. There was a case in the Bible where there was a man who made up in his mind to, to clean up his life and to clean up his house. And the Bible said that he drove that particular demon out of his life, out of his house. And then what's interesting is the next part that follows when the Bible says that the demon came back with seven more that was stronger than he was. And that teaches us something there, that with the angels, or in this case the demons, that there is rank with angelic beings. Some are lesser, and others are more. Some are weaker, and others are stronger. And when you look here, there was a fellow by the name of Sceva, and Sceva uh, was a high, was a priest rather, and Sceva had seven sons, uh, and the Bible says that these seven sons uh, uh, was practicing this, this exorcism type thing, and they were going around taking, trying rather to take demons out of the lives of people. And then what's strange is, is when they came uh, uh, to the latter part, the Bible says in verse uh, number 13, then certain of the vagabond Jews exorcists took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, we adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preached. Now that arises a little problem because they invoked the name of Christ, but they were not in Christ. They, they, they said, whom Paul preached, but it was not whom they believed in. They were trying to do something like Saul was trying to do with David. He tried to give David 
his armor so he can fight against Goliath. But David said, in other words, if it is not proven, I can't use it. I can't use anything that I am not familiar with. And so, in other words, the, the sons of Sceva tried to do something in the name of Jesus in whom they were not familiar with. There are a number of people who try to pray in the name of Jesus and think that just because they say in the name of Jesus something is supposed to happen. If you are not connected in the name of Jesus or by the name of Jesus, uh, then it will not have any working power in your life. Question. How many of y'all want to be closer to the Lord? Now just hold your hands. Just hold your hands. Hold your hands. Just hold them. How many really want to be closer to the Lord? Um, how many of y'all really want to be intimate with God? How many of y'all really want to get to know who God really is? You really want a better relationship with God. You are striving, you are trying right now to have a better relationship with God. So you are trying to weed out everything that can distract you from having a better, a stronger, a healthier, and happier, and more intimate relationship with God. If you want a more intimate relationship with God, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Keep them high. Ooh-wee. All right, put your hands down. If you are going to be the friend of God, you better know. Brother Gaddis, if you don't know, you better ask somebody. If you're going to be the friend of God, you will become the enemy of the devil. I want to talk to you this morning based upon the response of the demon. The demon says, Jesus, I know and recognize. He said, Paul, I know and recognize. He said, but who be you? He said, I don't know who you are. Church, you can say in Jesus' name all you want. If you ain't connected to Christ, it ain't going to work no how. I want to talk to you on the subject title this morning, Does the Devil Know You By Name? Does the devil know you by name? I want you to know something on today. Point number one, let's just get into it this morning. When you are the friend of God, you are the enemy of the devil. You are public enemy number one. I want you to know there is no enemy against the devil like the child of the living God. The devil cannot stand you. The devil don't like you. The devil works each and every day to work against you. 
Job 14 verse 1, the Bible says man that is born of a woman is full of trouble. In other words, when you're born of a woman, and that's all of us, when you're born of a woman and born into this world, you will face the troubles that comes from the world. But when you are a child of the living God, you got double trouble on your hand because not only you have to deal with the troubles of this world, John chapter 3 says, you are born of God, therefore you got to deal with the things of the spirit world. The devil, your life is going to be tested more than just the normal individual. In other words, there are going to be some things that is by design. That's why the question was posed to you, how many of y'all really want to be closer to God? Because when you get closer to God, the devil is going to make sure that he separates you from the Lord. He is going to do everything within his power. Now, if you ain't trying to get close to God, I ain't talking to you this morning. But if you're really trying to get more intimate with the Lord, the devil is going to draw up a plan against your life. If you claim God, you're going to have to face the calamities that are in this world. There's going to be clouds that's going to come over your life. It's going to come over your life as an individual, as a marriage, or as a family. And you're going to tell yourself how in the world I'm trying to do everything that I can to live right for the Lord. And this person over here is doing everything they can to live wrong for God. And yet their life seems more happier than my life. It seems like the cloud will never leave your life. Some things are by design. I said some are by design. If you are going to be counseled, advised, and guided by the Lord, then the devil is going to make sure that you're going to roll on a bumpy street. You need to make sure that when you are rolling with God, put your seatbelts on. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Oh, when you're rolling with God, Make sure you keep your taillights on. Make sure you keep your headlights on. Because you're going to come through some dark moments in your life. Make sure you keep your headlights on. Because you're going to travel through some dark valleys in your life. You're going to face some dark points in your life. And it's going to seem like you're traveling by yourself. Uh, anybody here lately you felt deflated? Like you ain't got no more energy to go on and to fight life anymore. Anybody up in here feel, feel disconnected from whatever? Anybody in here feel like you depressed and you can't get yourself out of it? Anybody feel like they're discouraged and overwhelmed by life and you can't seem to pull it together? I stopped by today to tell y'all that some things is by design. Uh... You're going to be tested. 
Let me come on this side. Y'all are a little lively right up in here. Y'all must have had y'all coffee. You're going to be tested. <laughs> y'all, I'm talking about design. I'm talking about the devil, the devil, your name, Charlene Brock. You're trying to get closer in your relationship with God. I am going to draw up something. And the devil, what he doesn't do, the followers of the devil will do. You say, where did this come from? We were rolling on smooth street. And all of a sudden, the road start caving in. Arguments in the house start happening all over the place. Children don't want to act right anymore. Folks start giving you problems on the job. Your health start failing. I'm telling you, some things are by design. If you don't believe me, ask Job. The Bible says Job was the wisest man in all the East. Job loved the Lord. Job had an intimate relationship with God. You check the Bible for yourself. Everybody who had a close relationship with the Lord, uh, something tried to throw them off. Some things is by design. That means that the devil is going to attack you. The Bible says he is like a roaring lion. Say what? You said what? Seeking. Seeking. The devil will seek you out. The devil knows who is for God and he knows who is not for God. Just because you walk up in here on Sunday morning does not mean that you have a healthy, happy relationship with the Lord. Just because you walk up on here on Sunday morning does not mean that the Lord knows you. Some of us get that twisted. We come to church to feel, make our conscience feel better. We are at church so we please the Lord. If your heart ain't at church, then you are just in a church building, but you ain't in the church worship. You need to know that there's a difference when you know God and God knows you. The devil knows you by name. Oh, there comes. Oh, there comes. Oh, there comes Connie Putman. She's like, oh boy. Look how Connie Putman. She's a child of the living God. Every time you walk up in your job, darkness ought to run away. You the light. I said you the light. And the devil know you the light. Don't you think the devil ain't going to try to turn your light off? He going to work hard. Anybody up in here know what I'm talking about? He going to try to turn your stuff off. He going to try to, he going to test you so hard and, boy, the devil, the devil, the devil knows, the devil knows how to do his job. You ain't got to tell him how to do it. If he can separate angels against God, don't you think he can't twist your mind? Ah, uh, <laughs> you are public enemy. Not number two, not number three, you are on his hit list. Elijah got on his hit list 
when Jezebel got behind him. Elijah just got through killing four, no, no, no. It was over 400 prophets. You just read about four. It was over that. He killed a number of prophets on Mount Carmel. Jezebel heard about it. You know she was king and queen, right? Y'all know that. She was the king too, right? Y'all do know that. Ahab was the husband, but she was the husband and the wife. That's another subject for another day. Uh, Jezebel said, by this time tomorrow, the same thing you did to those prophets, I'm going to make sure it's done to you. Elijah got wind of it. The Bible says he broke out and he's began to run. And he got away from Jezebel. Now, wait a minute. You just killed over 400 by calling down fire from heaven. And it burnt up. All licked up all the water. They slayed all of those servants of Baal. You were victorious on the mountaintop. And a woman got behind you. Brethren, let me tell you something. You mess with the wrong woman, she'll get you running. You just didn't meet the right one yet. Amen, somebody. Come on, sister girl. Say amen when you can. You meet the right woman, she will make you run. He got out of Dodge because he got on the devil's hit list. You're going to be tested. Young people who are in Christ, you're going to be tested. Oh, you're going to be tested. You, there's choices you got to make. I, I say there's choices you got to make. The devil will test you, young ladies. He's going to test you. Young men, he going to test you. Seniors, he going to test you. Don't think that when you get brother young age that the devil going to leave you alone. Uh-uh. He wouldn't have, he wouldn't want anything more than to take somebody like a brother young and a brother Charles Hall and turn their life around. You going to be tested. I said you are going to be tested. Hmm. Point number two, watch this here. You have the power of the God of eternity. You, you, you have the power of the God of eternity. Uh, you have the power of the God of eternity. Uh, now, Brother Kemp, you got another one up there that says about fighting evil. That's the one I want right there. Let's see if you got that one. There it is. You have the power of the God to fight evil. The last one is one I want is the one that where you possess God. You have the power of God to fight evil. When you are baptized into Christ, something happens. The Bible says you receive the Holy Spirit. And one of the immediate contexts in Acts 19 deals with the Holy Ghost. All right? The, act, the, act, the Holy Spirit was active in the church in, in the book of Acts. He also needs to be active in our lives in the 21st century. You have the power against drugs, sex, and alcohol. Uh, this side didn't get it. Let me go right over here. You have the power 
over drugs, sex, and alcohol. You have the power over lies, hatred, and gossip. God has given us the power over those things. The problem is, is that we don't believe we can do those things. There was a son in the scriptures where the disciples went over to this fellow and the, the, the Bible calls him a lunatic. Uh, he was crippled. He couldn't walk. And uh, the disciples went over to him and the Bible says that when Jesus came to him, uh, they told Jesus we couldn't heal him. Jesus said, uh-uh. He said, no, no, no. He says, y'all could have healed him. He said, but y'all lacked the faith. There are certain things that scares us. There are certain things we say, oh, we can do that. But other things, no, we can't do that. The Bible says all things is possible with God. And what you need to know is, is that God has given you the power, the Holy Ghost, to be able to fight against and to overcome. The reason why we don't do it is because we don't want to do it. Amen, somebody? It's not, not that you, you don't have the power to do it. You, you can do it. You don't want to do it. You got the power over drugs. You, you got the power over, over alcohol. You know, sometimes it looks like the preacher just talking just to you. You know, you're sitting down, you're squirming in your seat. Don't look around, church. Don't look around. She's squirming. You got the power over sex. God gave us everything we need. You can overcome any and everything because God has equipped you if you want to be a strong church. If you want to have strong marriages and strong families and you want to be a strong individual, you got to use the power God gave you. Woo. Young ladies walking around here with children ain't got no husband on their arms. God gave you a power. You made one mistake. Don't say you did the second and the third and call it a mistake. No, no, no. You wanted to do that. God gave you the power to quit that. He gave you the power to stop it. Gave you the wisdom to say, if you can't control your urges, get married. Find somebody who will love you and your children. God gave you the power. Stop making excuses. Drugs. I can't stop. I can't stop. I just, I'm hooked on it. No. He gave you the power. I can't stop drinking, Brother Phil. I just, I just, every day after work, I just got to go get me a little, you know, I don't get drunk, but I just get high, so high, I can reach the sky. Y'all know the song. Yo, what good, what good does it <laughs> for us to come to church every Sunday and it don't help you? 
What good the doctor prescribe you medicine, you don't take it? You're talking about you go to work, I'm sick. I'm sick. Somebody say, well, did you go to the doctor? Yeah, but I'm sick. Did he prescribe you medicine? Yeah, but I'm sick. Do you take the medicine? No, but I'm sick. Take the medication. Woo. Find that, find that point where it talks about the possession. Please, let's close this thing out before I need a, uh, uh, you know. Hold that right there. Give me Luke 10, 17. Give me Luke 10, 17. Luke chapter 10, verse 17. Luke chapter 10, verse 17. Watch this here. And the 70 returned again with joy. They happy, y'all. Watch. Why they happy, preacher? Saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us. Through what? Thy name. Now, y'all, the 70, Jesus sent them out. All right? Now, watch this here. Even the devils are subject un, unto us through thy name. Through thy name. <clears throat> they submit to them because they're using Jesus. But they connected to Jesus. <sighs> Give me verse 20. Watch verse 20. Notwithstanding in this, rejoice not, this Jesus speaking, that the spirits are subject unto you. Don't, don't, you know, it's not, the main thing is not that the spirits are subject to you. Watch this. Jesus says, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. See, they were, they were, ooh, look at us. Even the demons are subject unto us. Jesus says there are certain things more important than having authority over demons like what? He says, one, like God being your father. Two, your home is in glory. In other words, stay focused. Stay, stay focused. Men, stay focused. Ladies, stay focused. I'm telling you, you're going to be tested. Somebody say, oh, preacher, I haven't been tested. I haven't been tested. You probably haven't been living right either. Oh, you didn't know I was going there, huh? <laughs> yeah, you probably haven't been living right. Check your life. Can, can I check your life? Have you been praying? Have you been studying the word? Have you been applying it in your life? I promise you, if you've been trying to get close to God, uh, the devil is working on you. <laughs> now, if you're already with the devil, if you're doing everything with him, brother Carl, then he ain't worrying about you. Devil don't even mess with you. Just keep on doing what you're doing. I like that. Ooh, I like that kind of Christian. That's a good kind of Christian right there. But there are some Christians who are really trying to do right. And the devil has binoculars on you. And he waits for you to wake up. Y'all, can I tell you something? Don't tell nobody. The devil don't wait all the time for you to step out of your house. Sometimes he just wait for you to wake up. <laughs> All he wants you to do, says the is just wake up. And I and sometimes he don't he don't wait until you step out of the bed. Sometimes he start right there while you in the bed. 
Y'all ain't going to say amen, but it's right anyhow. He'll get you at the dinner table. He'll get you at the restaurant. Ooh, we came to have a good time and sit down and eat filet mignon. Y'all eat that? We came to eat filet mignon and all the parmesan chicken and all that stuff. And then we start arguing and fussing at the table. But we came there to have a good time. But the devil, but he came to the table too. You walk up in the job. Boy, you thinking you're going to have a great day at the J-O-B. And then all H-E-double-L break out on the job. You thinking all you're going to do is just go to a flag football game and everything is going to be cool. And then the coach and the father start fussing and almost getting into a fight. Church, I'm stopped by to tell y'all right now the devil is looking at you. He wants you. He wants you. Last point. Point four. Watch this here. Watch this here. You are the possession of the God of eternity. Now, it don't make no difference that the devil is trying to uh, turn you from your, from your way and trying to take you away from God. Once you are in the hands of Christ, you know, it's very hard to get you out of there. Amen, somebody. A, uh, you got to almost give yourself up uh, to go with the devil but you are the possession of God. Uh, baptism, Galatians 3, 26, 27, we're baptized into Christ. But that means that you, you're clothed with Christ. You put on Christ, right? You take off the dirt and the filth of the world and you put on the righteousness clothes of Christ. And so you are the possession of the Lord because you're in Christ, right? Well, when you are in Christ, you are in God. When you are in God, God is in you. You are the possession of God. In other words, if the devil, if the devil wants you, he has to come through the permission of God. He could not, the devil cannot, the devil can't test, the devil cannot come to you without God permitting him to come to you. God has to allow that. Because you are under the possession of God. You are possessed by God. And you are possessed of God. When you are possessed by God, that means that you are under the ownership of God. I'm possessed by him. That means I belong to God. But when you are in the possession uh, by God, I own God owes me. But the possession of God, God consumes me. Now... Is either the world or consuming you, is consuming you this morning, or the word of God. When you are consumed by the word, you are controlled by it. When you're consumed by the word, you're controlled by it. Whatever consumes you or whatever you are full of, it controls you. If all you got is full of the world, all that stuff out there, full of the world, it controls you. When it calls, you go. Because that's all what's in you. But when you got nothing but the word of God in you, it controls you. That when it calls out there, it controls you up in here. I am possessed of God. That means that I am not possessed 
by a demon. I am possessed of God. The demon don't have me. God does. Demon, uh, the devil will attack your head. If you get the head, the body follows. Is that right? The devil wants your head. He attacks the mind. You can feel discouraged and not experience discouragement. Did you catch that? You can feel depressed and not experience things that can cause you to become depressed. Because the devil will attack your what? Your mind deals with what? With thoughts, feelings, and emotions. And all the devil got to do is make you feel. All he got to do is just make it look like you discourage. All he has to do is just make it look like it's bad. And then all he does is drop seeds in your mind. The devil will attack your head. He will attack your mind. He will attack your feelings. He will attack your emotions. He will attack your fate. That's what he wants. He's an archer. He stands from a distance. You know like Cupid, how they say Cupid will hit you with the arrow? Well, the devil got some too. He'll hate you. He'll hit you with a hating spirit. <laughs> Look at her coming over here with that car. I can't stand her. Look at him. He got that promotion. He think he better. He'll hit you with a hating spirit. He'll get you hating the people who are closest to you. The devil will work on you by any means necessary. Does he know you by name? Hmm? Does he know Carrick? Does he know Casey? Does he know Mahogany? If you are trying to do right, then the devil knows you by name. Don't tell nobody as we close. You are on his hit list. Somebody say, oh, well, you didn't get me yet. Keep living. Your day might be this evening. Your day might be tomorrow. Keep on laying down. Keep on getting up. Your arrow is on its way. But when it comes, church, make sure you got your armor on. Make sure you got your armor on. Sister Bristol, make sure you got your armor on. Put on the whole armor of God. Church, if you are God's friend, you are the devil's enemy. And he is on the attack, trying to seek and devour as many as he possibly can. And watch this. The devil done turn a whole lot of people away from Christ. The devil done turn a whole lot of people away from the church. There are some folk don't come to church no more. He turn them, he turn them away. And I'm telling you, all he want to do is turn you away too. And I want to tell you, don't let him turn you away. Are you listening? If you know somebody who ain't doing it no more, you need to call them and say, hey, 
You got a daughter who ain't coming to church. You got a son who ain't coming. Say, son, daughter, y'all better try to come. Y'all better try to come before he come back. You got nieces and nephews who don't come. You better tell them, niece and nephew, you better come to church. You got some uncles and aunts. You better tell them, you better come to church before he calls. You better come. I'm telling you, the devil is working. And sometimes it seems like we are not listening. That's my lesson to you this morning. You come by hearing the word, believing the same, repenting of your sins, confessing Christ, putting them on in baptism for the remission of your sins. We'll baptize you this morning. You can become a child of the living God. You can become a part of the Lord's church. You got sin in your life. You say, today, I will no longer be consumed by this world. I'm going to make up in my mind. I'm going to be consumed by God and of God. Ask God to pray, uh, to bless you. Ask the church to pray for you. We'll do it. As together we stand and as together we sing the invitation song, Why Don't You Come? Why Don't You Come? When